Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Rowan, and along with my wife, Jill, we serve as the lead pastors of a three-small-location multi-site church, C3 Camden, Picton, and Thoreau in southwestern Sydney and the Illawarra. On this podcast, Jill and I discuss all matters ministry and share some of the things we've learned and are still learning along the way in our 30-plus years of pastoral ministry experience. It's our particular hope that this podcast will be of help to small church pastors and their teams and encourage you to continue to minister effectively to the wonderful people that God has entrusted into your care. The views that we express on this podcast are our own and not necessarily those of the church or denomination that we're a part of. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, any comments or suggestions on any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. To find out more about us or our church, check out the show notes for links to all the relevant socials and websites. So without any further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first podcast of Ministry Matters. My name is Rowan and I'm here with my amazing wife, Jill. Hi, you finally roped me into getting onto a podcast I with you. I did. I've been doing other podcasts for a while, but Jill's not so keen on getting involved in theology podcasts, eh, hun? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I do listen to them. You do. You do listen to them, yeah. Yeah. So we've been talking about uh, doing this particular podcast for a while, uh, it kind of come up out of um, just various conversations with members of our team and that and mm. we'd often just sit around at a staff meeting or whatever and we'd be chatting, wouldn't we? And they'd go, yeah. gee, I wish we could record this and share it with our teams and so on. So, Yeah, we often find that we, especially when we're in the car, we're on drives. We do a lot of driving. We do a lot of driving. Yeah. Sometimes you've got your earphones in and I've got mine in, we're listening to podcasts or whatever and then... Yep. But then Jill's listening to crime podcasts. I'm listening to theology <laughs> not podcasts. Always. Not always. <laughs> not always. But we will sometimes, and this happened yesterday on our way home yesterday afternoon. We'd been looking after the grandkids yeah. as we do on Tuesdays. And we're on our way home and I can't remember what it was. Something we started chatting about. Struck up a conversation about something, didn't we? Talking about it nearly all the way home. Stopped at Appen, got a pizza, ate the pizza, While still we kept, kept talking. talking, got into the driveway and realised <laughs> and we were like, we have to stay in the car to listen. Oh, that's right. We were, then we decided to listen to something We were about, listening to a podcast about, about the, topic the topic we were talking, we were talking about. about. And then we started, and then we sat in the driveway until we were finished listening to that and then we came inside and we kept talking because we were on a bit of a – we were on a bit of a roll with it, weren't we? We were. And it was like at that point we went, this is the sort of thing we need to have on our podcast. Yeah. So I hope we can think of these things at the right time though. Yeah, that's right. That's just off of the problem. We've actually created a list yes. uh, of topics because over the course of the last few months, uh, we've just had conversations with our own team, conversations with other pastors that we support and get to know. And uh, we really felt like, uh, you know, we're certainly by no means tried and tested, but we, we've been doing this for a while mm. and uh, we often just have conversations where we just sit and chat and talk about ministry life and family life and blending the whole thing together and leadership development and we just kind of felt like well, let's give it a go. Let's throw it out there into the world and 
We know that hopefully some of our team will benefit from it. Uh, we, you know, having a three location church means we don't actually get as much face to face time with members of our churches we'd like, uh, our teams, not to mention the fact that, you know, getting it's getting harder and harder for people to come out at night and have team meetings and so on. So Yeah, that's right. We often have discussions and we think, oh, this is a good thing to, to share with the team. This would be something that would be good for our team to know or this is something that someone's asked us about. Or And, uh, you know, I think we have realised that we want to be lifelong learners. We, yeah, good. We've been doing ministry for a long time since we were in our early 20s and uh we have realised that we're twenty three now. So <laughs> you can learn fifty one. You can learn things along the way, and we we've um, we've done that, and we've uh, leaned into you know teaching and uh, experience opportunities in lots of different contexts, which we'll probably talk about. But I think it's uh, realising, and this is why we like to talk, is because we like to go. Hang on, let's take a step back and go. What uh, what's our perspective on that? And, Sometimes our conversations uh, are, we shall we say, robust, aren't they, babe? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we have different and, perspectives uh, on things quite often. We, we we do come from a bias as well. We come from a bias of you know when you get to our age in our fifties, you you start to realise oh I've probably got a bias that I've had in my whole life because of my upbringing, because of the Christian world that I've the teaching that I've been raised around, the churches I've been in, that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, we often have talk about you know how it's good to from a different perspective and some of the podcasts we, we, we listen to and then we discuss then are about um, different perspectives as well. True. Which we think it's good. Not It's not, you know, it's not a scary thing to listen to a different perspective. It's it's quite a good thing. To oh, do. it opens up our world to uh, avoid the echo chamber, mm. help us to get ourselves thinking different perspectives, yeah. different viewpoints. That's how we grow. And uh, yeah. so really the intention will be on these podcasts, we've got like, Currently got like, uh, you know, 55 topics on a Trello board. And so we've potentially got 55. Really? Yeah, that many? we have. We have okay. that many already, babe. And, and I'm sure some of our listeners and team will want to add some to mm. those lists as well. There's already a couple people have mentioned and we didn't have them on the list. So we've got plenty to keep us going. I don't know whether we'll get the, these out weekly. We'll see how we go, but hopefully fortnightly at least. Um, and the idea will just be to provide tools and give, us, give you an insight into our life and the kind of way that we do ministry and we do life. We're currently sitting at our kitchen table for those watching on YouTube over there, and uh, it looks all perfect in our corner. Uh, we were just discussing saying how echoey it was because uh, we, didn't think, we didn't think the room would be echoey, but it's, it's a bit different to the, the Bible Wait What podcast, which has been recorded on stage at C3 The Rule. And uh, in preparation for this, we had to move our wet laundry <laughs> off did. the chairs and I had to stick it over there. So behind yeah. the camera over there is our wet laundry drying. So this is just how we do, how we roll. That's right. And actually we, both of us have got colds at the moment. We do. And may not, you know, sound I was literally coughing pretty badly like five minutes before we started yeah, recording. and we did think, oh, this is not maybe the best day to do this. And then I thought, you know what, that's probably the best time to do something is when it seems like it's yeah, not good the right call. opportunity. Yeah, Because uh, that's sort of a metaphor for, <laughs> for, for a lot for of For life and ministry. So it probably doesn't feel like the best time. <coughs> But um, sometimes you just got to do it anyway and go, you know, it might not be my best. I might not be my most polished today. Yeah, come on. I haven't got my shiniest, you know, no, hair true. or my best voice. Definitely but, uh, not. I'm clammy and feeling sweaty. <laughs> I just took a couple of Panadol. The cat's locked outside. Those of us that know how Ollie knows that he likes to get and be a nuisance. So I'll probably hear meowing at the door and I'm sure at some point I'll have to let him in. But, <laughs> but this, is, is, this is life. Raw, this is us. Rough and ready. Yeah, well, the, like the subtitle of the podcast is some things we've learned and still learning along the way. So I think we've kind of always probably been uh, 
on this, the kind we kind of the kind of people who tend to underemphasize what we've learned, but we're getting more comfortable after we're fifty. We kind of go, well, this is us now, and we have we we have learned a few things along the way, and not everything works. We've learned some things that haven't worked, and we're by no means what you would regard as you know super successful in what we've done. But we mm-hmm. we're still here. We often think we're still we're still standing, and we have yeah. learned a lot, especially in the areas of pastoral care and how to do that. That's something that kind of was the initial stages of what will become this podcast was us probably up to 12 months ago saying we really need to sit down in front of a camera and just kind of have conversations around pastoral care stuff for our team so that they can learn from some of the things that mm. we've done. This church life is about people. It's always going to be about people, Yeah, God's people, uh, you know, whether it's people people in our team that we're raising, uh, yep. leaders themselves or volunteers or leaders in training or, uh, you know, or right across you know, the congregation and then into the community. People matter. Yes. And so how we treat people, how we understand, uh, you know, endeavour to understand people, to listen to their stories, to, uh, you know, try to, you know, gain underst- you know, gain wisdom, understanding, gain knowledge, gain um, insight and to soften our hearts to yeah. their, um, their perspective and their way uh, of life because it will be different to ours and I think embracing that, you know, diversity is is the gospel. It's, you know, yeah, we see that in the great. New Testament. So uh, I, you know, brought up very middle class Australian in a small country town, didn't really have a lot of diversity, didn't really have to, uh, you know, didn't see different perspectives that, and different worldviews. Yeah. And I love that about the church. I yeah. love that and I'd love to see more of that. Come so, on. Uh, but with that brings, you know, a stretch in us to be able to go, oh, they don't... They don't think the way we do. Not everybody... Every look people, the same as us, maybe some, have the same values yeah, as people us. People express things in a different way and we might think, well, that's, that crosses the line of what we would thought would be an appropriate way of expressing, but... It, uh, to we tend to be inappropriate in the way we express things amongst our family at times, don't we? Exactly, babe? we do. We used to have Sunday night church after church on Sunday night at the Bells. It was like, let your hair down and we'd joke and carry on, wouldn't we? So, mm. yeah, so... um. All right, well, maybe in this opening episode, just a couple of things we can do before we wrap this one up. This is just more an introductory one before we get into it, is maybe talk a little bit about ourselves for those that might not know who we are, a little bit about our family and our, our life and our ministry life. And then we'll uh, just scroll through some of the topics, give people an idea of the kind of topics that we're planning on covering throughout the life of this podcast, however long it lasts, and um, maybe gives people an opportunity to uh, let us know what they'd like to hear, what yeah. they'd like to hear us chat about and chew the fat over. So talk about ourselves. Talk about you're always good at talking about our family life and who we are and what we do. You start us off, babe. Uh, yeah, so we have been married 32 years. We have five children between 20 and 30. Uh, we have two grandchildren that are five and two. I'm just going to get Jill to put the microphone a little closer to herself. A little closer? Okay. Uh, we were married there very we young. That's we were better. married at 19. Uh, so I grew up in a Catholic family in country New South Wales in a little very country tiny New South Wales. little village of 300 people and uh, then moved to Canberra to live with my uh, sisters when I left school or my sister and I had three sisters in Canberra and um, that's where I met you yes and we were both uh, really hungry for God and for we both only recently really come to Christ when we, when we, we were met 17. one another that's right yep. through and my cousin of, yep. Paul and um Oh, a bit of a funny sort of story early on. We were going to separate churches and then we started going to church together and then we were – but it was a larger church and we weren't 
that involved and we kind of were not, you know, we were hungry for God but we weren't quite... Um, weren't really well connected in, connected, I don't think. And that I was probably think. more us than yeah. the church, I think, at the time for whatever reason. Yeah. But something we, inside us still wanted to find somewhere to connect, didn't it? That's right. There was something in us. We, we knew we were hungry. We knew we, we, we had both in our, uh, you know, both separate to one another made this decision that we wanted to wholeheartedly give our our whole, uh, yeah, our entire lives, lives to Jesus. So we were going to find a way to do that and we needed a, a um, community that was going to help us because we knew we needed help because we were both young and I was a long way from my mum and dad, a long way from family, a long way from, uh, you know, my, my home. And uh, so we found a community and uh, it wasn't perfect. It's a little church, about maybe 60 or 70 people at the time maybe. Yeah, probably about that, yeah. And uh, straight Christian away, Fellowship Centre, yeah, and we led got by in- amazing people Bob and Margaret Foister. Yeah, that's right. And we got involved there very early on. I won't go, you know, into right into that story now, but nearly left at one point. We have a funny story. Jill, Jill yes. early on, she uh, got asked to do the sound desk, and they uh, asked us to do lots of things. They, they obviously Bob saw and Margaret our, were great at getting. <laughs> they us saw involved our potential. <laughs> they saw potential in everyone. Even yeah, us. yeah, even us. Yeah, and they were. Trying us out on all sorts of different things. They had you leading worship, which yeah, was that, quite that funny. was a, that was a flop right there. And one day, I think Bob <laughs> said to me, um, "Rowan, you, you're very energetic. We might just leave you up there, but we might just turn your microphone off." Thank you, said. That's really what you think it was quite a um, uh, lot of comedy in was. that era. Yeah, and um, but some good people that we met over those years. And yes, there was a time that I was asked if I would give the sound desk a go, which I did, and. She lasted about extremely uh, overwhelming. She lasted about one and a half songs, or maybe and then. It was the classic moment when the pastor goes, "What's going on with the What's sound? What's going today? on with that sound desk back there? <laughs> Who's in charge of that?" Jill's first day, at maybe eighteen years of age, storms out to the I car park, out crying, sit, crying saying, "I'm never going back to that church again." And raced out after her, but he, hey, we stuck at it. I was a bit offended, <coughs> but yeah, we were involved in lots of things. I think I, I loved setting up the communion each week out the back in the little glass cups. That was my yep. One of the things I did, and we did um, communion, kids ministry, kids and we were ministry. involved in all yep. sorts of small groups and yeah, everything. Little outreach in Cooma for a, a while. Outreach. Yeah. We used to go up there, and um, they believed in us, yeah. and encouraged us. And, Thanks to um, Bob and Margaret. Yeah, so we uh, ended up. They encouraged us to go to do part-time Bible college, which was really the only way you could do it in Canberra back in those yep, days. True. We in, and uh, we did that, and then we ended up uh, deciding, even though we were young, that we wanted to be. Uh, together, so we got engaged and we got yep. married, and uh, we were having our first baby. We were pregnant with Amy when uh, we were asked. They asked us if we'd become local leaders in the little church plant that they had done out in Queenbeyan. We were doing multi-site church way, way back, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So that was in ninety. Nineteen ninety, really? Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-one, ninety-two. Yeah. Ninety-one, ninety-two, and uh, so yeah, we did that. At the little YMCA hall out at um, yep. Carabar in Queanbeyan. Wash the communion cups twice, once before the service to remove the, uh, the silverfish <laughs> and cockroaches and then once after the service as well. Yes, uh, we had our firstborn child out there and, um, uh, you know, some great families came along. My sister came along at the time and she had a baby as well and we remember sitting in the kitchen at the YMCA hall uh, breastfeeding our children with rat with sack the rats, bags. Rat sack bags, <laughs> cockroaches and silverfish. That would have been about the days. Oh, uh, yes, the old YMCA hall at, Queen B- at Carabar in Queanbeyan. Yeah, but we were not perturbed. Not, we haven't quite, they didn't quite have the building that C3 Queanbeyan have got now. Shout out to <laughs> Michael and Sarah. You guys have got a great building there. Well, ours was not like that. Uh, I don't think we uh, 
we were too fussed. So we just thought, you know what, this is just what you do for God. Yeah. And uh, back in those days, not really, not very many Pentecostal churches or not many non-mainline churches would have their own buildings. No, at there was all. an AOG, so was, I think, that had its own building in Queen and is still there. But apart oh, yeah, from that, that true. was it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, that was it. And then, uh, and then That's my story. That was your story. And then we uh, continued to breed children and uh, <laughs> Bob and Margaret moved back to Melbourne and asked us to take on the leadership at about the ripe old age of 25 mm-hmm. of, uh, of you know, maybe a combined total of maybe 100 people, something like that, 80 to 100 people, maybe 80. And uh, and we did that for a period of time. Then we and merged. the timing was that, timing of that, it seemed like an okay idea at the time. We kind of thought, oh, well, you know what, we've been involved in lots of areas of yeah, the church. Yeah, we've done it. We've done Surely this for a few years. Surely we can run we'll the whole right. thing. Yeah, well, you can do that. And uh, No worries. It's just the same thing. lo and behold, we had our second child and I sunk into postnatal depression. Yeah. So that was, yeah. uh, we took over the church. That took a challenge. Yeah. Uh, in the midst of depression mm. and uh, realising we didn't really know, know much after didn't all. Didn't know as much as we thought we did. <laughs> Took on the weight of that. Did that for a few years. Um, not well. Not uh, well. Didn't do it very you well. Know, gave it a good crack but, yeah, we learned a lot on the process and uh, we were very, very young. And, uh, and then ultimately 1999 we decided that uh, we just didn't probably have the experience, the support, the wisdom experience that we needed. So we moved to Sydney, packed up our – how many kids did we have at the time? Three, three, three at the time. We had Beck. Backed up. Beck was, Beck was probably six months old or something. Uh, she was 18. 18 months, months old then. Yes, she was. Packed up, moved to Sydney, went back to Bible College, joined C3 Church Mount Annan and spent, our, spent the next 10 years or so there in various roles. 11. In, 11 yep. years. Including, she collects, corrects all the details, including <laughs> uh, pastoral care, community services work, which is where you really developed a heart for community services mm. work, although it was in there, but that brought it out for you. Um, had two more children. Mm-hmm. And uh, then in 2013, we 2011, end of 2011, that's correct, 20, end of 2011, we planted C3 Camden uh, with a team of about 45 people thereabouts and then uh, took over three months later, took over C3 Picton, the leadership of C3 Picton after a bit of a challenge in that church. Had those two churches, led those two churches for the next, uh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, eight years. nine years, something like that. Yeah. And then in 2020, we also were asked um, and offered the position of lead pastors at C3 Church The Rule. So now we have three locations, mm-hmm. three small church locations. I think that's something that, you know, that um, we kind of feel like is a bit of our niche. We're not, you know, not saying nothing's impossible, but but we feel our gift set is probably towards small, small to medium churches and and uh, kind of that's a niche we're kind of aiming at with this podcast as well. We, yeah. we talk to a lot of small church pastors, friends of ours, people we oversee, different contexts, those that we do meet in community, in the, in, in the church community around about us. And we think there's a, there's probably a bit of a need there just to express some of the small church life, that great leadership content. I listen to heaps of it from the, mm. from the bigger, uh, you know, well-known, renowned pastors like listen to Kerry Newhoff and his stuff and people he interviews and, but there's also not much of a niche for just day-to-day hard slog small church life. And so we kind of thought, well, let's just have a crack at that, didn't we? That's right. And we really sought when we were as young pastors and, and, and even now really, we, you know, we, we love to hear from uh, and network with other, other people who are doing similar things to us yes. and people who are doing different things. Yeah. But it's really great to hear from what other people are doing and glean stuff. Oh, totally. And I remember years ago, one of the things that just come to my mind that we did back in those early days is we used to listen to cassette tapes. We subscribed to them. Oh, yeah. And uh, Past the pastor, pastor to pastor. Pa- uh, for pastors. Yeah. And we got so much out of those yes, tapes. Actually, I think initially 
Wendy McNamara gave me some tapes. Wendy of McNamara those tapes. from uh, Apostolic Church yes, in Canberra. We're really, yeah, really uh, going over old territory. Today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, something for pastors because so much stuff. You know, we were always buying stuff from the old Curon catalogue, and yep. we were into the Christian books. But we wanted, we were like, what about something for pastors? What about something for ministry people? And it didn't seem to be. There wasn't a lot, a lot no. around. Even Bible really College cool. was yep. really about theology. It wasn't really about ministry. And yeah. We were like desperate to find out yeah. about ministry, and so. And this pastors. was the pastoral arm of what focused on the family at the time. The guy who ran it was H.B. London. Yes. I think he was Jim Dobson's cousin or mm. something like that, I think, and and he'd been in pastoral ministry. And then he did a very much a interview different people in pastoral ministry and the real-life down-to-earth gritty stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. It was really practical. I remember in those some of those podcasts I'd go and listen to them in the car when I was we were pastoring, you know, at Young Church in Canberra and I'd literally – like cry my way through them because it was just like the only lifeblood I had during that time mm. to keep me going really. Yeah. Yes, because he was pastoral himself. Yeah. He wanted to encourage pastors. Yeah, I always felt encouraged by him. Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. And it's a completely Hopefully we different. we do that for you too. That's right. And it's completely different to, uh, you know, and it's not that one's right or wrong or better or not as good as or, you know, it's not that, but it's very different to be on a team in a larger church or to be in a larger yes. church. Yes, yeah. That is established. Yeah. Very different thing to be out in a small space where you don't have very many people. Yeah, sure. And you don't have very much of anything. No. Well, hopefully we'll encourage some of our team. Maybe one, some of those might decide to take on the job as well. But, you know, it, it is, it's a, we're going to talk about from pastoral ministry, but we're also obviously a lot of what we'll talk about will be encouraging for our teams and for, for if you're listening to this and you're a pastor, for your teams. Uh, you know, just to hopefully just encourage them about the day-to-day ministry life and the, the cost but also the the beautiful privilege it is to That's right, the pioneering fa- spirit. faithfully serve the Lord. Yeah. And when you, you have, have a got pioneering spirit in a in a local church context, or you might have a pioneering spirit in a different ministry area under a you know, something some area you have vision or yeah. that you're that you're yeah. inspired about or you're excited about that God might have shown you. So hmm. I think that excites me about where we're at as the church in twenty twenty three, a church across Australia, across the nation. I just think we're a uh we're in a you know, post-lockdown, post-COVID, it's been a really different season. We've, the church has been through a lot of church across the globe. It's been through quite a bit of upheaval and we are we are really keen to, uh, I think there's a, well, I think there's a sense of, of really leaning into God and going, yeah. well, God, what do you want your church yeah. to be? How, how, could, how should it look? What really matters. What really matters. Yeah, I mean, something's not, we've realised, at least for us, we've realised some of what perhaps we thought mattered doesn't matter as much, you know, connection, family, some of the professionalism stuff that maybe we were, we were pursuing before COVID, not that important, you know, connection, family, relational stuff, um, pointing people to Jesus, that's still the true north. This is a really big, that you know, there's been a lot of burnout of leaders yeah. and pastors and I completely understand that. Yeah. We've, we've been there ourselves. I've been there. I've been through, uh, you know, struggled in uh, my mental health over the years and understand what that's like and I but I also really believe in the call of God and believe in yeah. ministry. So I'm a, I'm really about longevity. Yeah. Know? Wanting and just about, people that slow burn, that faithful yeah. burn in Christian ministry, whether that's in, you know, employed Christian ministry or you're serving on a team in a church. Yeah. We've seen lots of people come blow in, blow up and blow out too, you know. Some, every now and then you get someone who just hits the magic button, they've just got the, yeah. the it factor and they just take off. But we've seen others that seem to have that 
but then it just all looks like it's going great for a while and it just implodes. And mm-hmm. we often say, you know, we shout out to Stephen Bradbury who just, you know, did well to stay in the race. He qualified for the Olympics, but then he just kept on racing and mm-hmm. stayed on his feet. And and I think that can't be underestimated, just that slow plod. Barry Chant would say the plod with God. Yeah. And I think we've kind of, that's been our motto, hasn't it? Just keep going. Yeah, and one of the things that back in those early days we were talking about the the tapes that we used to listen to, the other thing we were really hungry for, you know, was just basic content and ideas on how do you do this, how do you do, how do you, how do you run a, how do you do communion service, what's the essentials of baptising someone, what's, how do you, you know, how do you MC a service, what's the, what's the best, what's best practice in writing messages or visiting the sick or, you know, like things that you suddenly you know, you, you're kind a lot of, of that doesn't get taught in Bible college. No, no, that's right. And we, and we cannot remember who, where it came from, or what the this little the booklet you're talking was. about. Oh, you were talking we about this the other week. Booklet, and it was so helpful to us. It was, it was an like, Australian booklet was, written for Indigenous Christian communities. That's, right. that's all we remember about it. Yeah, it was written for small communities, and it was so practical. And we were like, oh, this is this is really we can do this. This is at our, at our level. It's like a how-to. Yep. And uh, not that you know we want to be that, um, you know prescriptive on you have to how you know do things like that but for, for us we were looking for we were looking for you know for keys weren't yes we? just things that would just get us get us going and keep us on track so and because we were quite autonomous we were in an independent church yep. we didn't have a whole lot of support yep. around us and so we had to really seek out yeah uh, input advice yeah. support coaching mentoring yep. all those things they weren't a given they weren't, in our world. No, weren't readily available mm. no no not to the degree that probably we needed at the time or probably maybe in time we realized, came to realise that we needed it. Maybe early on, I can't talk for you, but for me I was probably a bit of an upstart and thought I had it all figured out. It took me longer to figure out I didn't have it figured out. Um, but eventually I got to that point where I realised, man, I need to need to learn, I need to grow, I need to be in something bigger and learn from others who have gone before me or, or at least have connection with people who have gone before me. And I guess that's, that's always been our heart all the way through has been finding people in our world that we resonate with who we can pick their brains and yes. learn from. We've been very blessed with some wonderful people who've passed at us over many, many years. Mm. And I think seeing how people walk through their own challenges, how the leaders have walked through their own challenges and how they've loved Jesus faithfully through that. Yeah. And how they've been able to uh, remain in him and yep. keep looking to Good. keep looking to him has been that to me that's that's bigger than all the, the skill stuff. Yeah. That's uh that's the, that's really at the core of it because you can learn skill, you can learn the how tos. Yeah, but it's that um, really getting to the you know the into the you know deep down um, can can I believe God in this because that's what faith is. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think yeah, in ministry we have to just decide whether we're gonna are we gonna believe we're gonna God's trust in God in this and stick at it. Yeah, and stay faithful and through the ups and downs and trust. We've seen that. We've seen God come through for us and open doors that we wouldn't have dreamed of, closed doors that we were dreaming of. I think that's all part of that trust and faithfulness of God. Well, why don't we have a look at some of these topics? And I'm sure even as we look at these topics we've put together, I'll put my glasses on so I can see my iPad, um, I'm sure we'll even think of others as well. So this is just uh, just to run through the types of things that we're hoping to talk about in this podcast and then we'll wrap this one up. Um, so we've kind of broken these up into different topics. So we've got, you know, pastoral care related topics, the the leader's personal development. So whether you're a pastor or a leader in church, looking after your own life, uh, how to develop other leaders, uh, governance and administration stuff, church culture and vision, 
church services, how to run church services, small group meetings, etc. And so there's like probably what we, category we haven't got, although we've got a couple of topics in there in the, in the personal development is probably family life, but we might actually, that might actually become its own topic as well as is managing. We've talked about this. We, we're doing a sit down conversation this coming Sunday as we record this on, uh, on Father's Day, we just a sit down conversation around yep. ministry, mission, family life and all that, aren't we? So that's, yeah, we are about, um, it's our first week of our mission focus yeah. of our preaching theme. Yeah. It's also Father's Day. And so we were talking about having a conversation about family but also something that would be relevant to everyone, yeah. not just dads or and families. Yeah, that's right. And that is living the Christian life with, uh, a, a, with purpose. Yeah. Uh, and that purpose being around what are we here for, what's yeah, our mission, what, what, what's, you know, how do we... How do we prioritize? Where do we? How do we know where to put? You know, what's the, uh, what's the for us? What's the area of focus that God has for our lives in the season that we're in yep. for everybody to put the big to put the big blocks into the, you know, the big blocks the in first. first. Yes, that's right. And I think that's probably yeah that that's one of the things that we think is a key. Yeah, we all we're all in different seasons. Yep, the big blocks are going to look different. Yep, for sure. Well, hopefully, there'll be a few that are the same. The, yes, there, the, there will uh, be some some essentials that are the same. The essentials. Yeah. But then there's room and flexibility for personality, stage of life, yep. age of life, all those things. So let's get a bit more granular. Sure. And the reason we'll just read through this list that we've got. And the reason we're doing this is that maybe if you're listening to this, uh, you know, you might want to shout out on our Facebook page and say, hey, I'd love to hear from that one, you know, and we can prioritize and try to put together a schedule on these. We'll probably bulk record them and then release them gradually. It's easier than setting up all this podcast equipment every week. Anyway, so we've got uh, under pastoral care, we've got basic pastoral care and follow-up of people, how to, how to do that effectively, how to follow up new people effectively, uh, what to do when people leave the church, helping people process church abuse and betrayal of trust by leaders. Wish we didn't have to do that one, but we do. Mm. Uh, caring for people who have higher needs. Uh, kids' church in a small church. <laughs> That's a challenge in itself right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, helping uh, sheep to become shepherds of others as well. Mental health, what we should do and shouldn't do in pastoral ministry. Where are our boundaries? It's an important one. You jump in if you want to. Oh, I'm just going to read them, but if you anything sticks out to you, you want to just mention or comment on. Uh, mental health, I said that one. Pastoring people who are making poor choices. You know, what do we do to step in to people's worlds? How do we do that? The heart of a shepherd when and how to bring correction or direction to people, tips for following up people on the fringes of church life and Christian life, pastoring a team through conflict, supporting the grieving, uh, intergenerational discipleship and mentoring. Then under you want anything there, you thought she moved to the microphone. I thought she was going to say something. Oh, just that I had the thought that, yeah. It, it if you think of any, I'll write them down now. <laughs> No, even as you're saying thing, even as we're looking through this, I can't even see where we're up to, and I've, I've sort of lost my place. I think with um, while you list. talk, I'll find the list. But she's um, got it on her phone. It's amazed me that intentionality in some of these areas pays off. Like yes, good. we often think sometimes. Sometimes we it'll just happen. We've gone into environments, and people have said, "Well, if they want to come, they'll come." Yeah, good. If they want follow up, they'll ask for it. Yeah. If they, you know, and it's assuming, it's making a lot of assumptions. Yeah. We often, that's probably one of the main things we see, isn't it? Yeah. And I. I, And it's often based out of a fear of not, with all these pastoral care topics, of not wanting to come across as pushy. That's often, oh, I don't want want to come across as pushy. But you're very good at finding a way to genuinely 
move from a realm of pushiness to genuine concern for people so they feel loved and cared for without them necessarily feeling like they're being ramroded or pushed into something. That's right. I think we I, – I, I kind of just base this on Jesus' words of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I, and I think, you know, there's, there's – it's not, it's not black or white but it's – there would be I, – I found in my life generally when I've been struggling I, I appreciate it when people make the effort. Yeah. Most people want to be seen. They yeah. want to be heard. They True. want to be known. They want to be You don't even have to fix everything. And there will be a few people that will say, you know, hmm. uh, enough, I, I want to be left alone. But that's not the majority. It's not the majority. It's certainly not and as it, many as we assume that it is. And it's certainly being balanced in not, you know, in, in our approach and not being too pushy and not yeah. being inappropriate. But something, you know, saying something, doing something is better than yeah. not doing anything. Because the other reason that people will say, I don't want to do something, is often it's either that that motive of, oh, I don't want, don't want to be pushy. Sometimes it's the motive of I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'd rather not make a mess so mm. I won't say anything. And so, you know, I think that's one thing that we've learned through people who've supported us and taught us pastoral care is there are ways and things you can and can't do to show concern to people and show you care um, that actually are well received. And it doesn't mean you have to fix everything, does it? It's often no, just being right. there. And even the even taking the or even just taking on the task of regularly looking at metrics and I'm you know I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a metrics person, person either. But I think it is a really good um it's good as for a shepherd, you know, the shepherd knows and knows how many sheep. Yep. Jesus, you know, Jesus talks about that leaving. I just added that one to our list. Yeah, leaving, leaving the 99 to go after the one. You have yep. to know how many you've got yep. to start with. So it's metrics. It's, there yep. you go. There it is. It's right it's there in right the Bible. Yep, we good. need to know who we have. Uh, it's not, oh, that you know, we're all numbers focused and we've gotten, you know, out of, out of, uh, away from trusting the spirit or whatever no. and we've gotten into numbers. It's responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, after the pastoral one, you should have it on your phone there. The next subcategory is uh, the leader's personal development. Got it. So we've got things like, you got it in the right spot now? Uh Taking responsibility for your own personal development. Is God closing the door or prompting for a shift in your church or ministry? How to know when that happens. Uh, Ministry, when your emotional tank is depleted. Not that we've ever been there. <laughs> uh, when you haven't sensed God's presence in some time, that was actually a request that came from one of our team. How do you minister yourself and lead people when you haven't sensed God's presence in your own life? Uh, working on char- your own character and competency, as, uh, as Karen Newhoff says, you need to work twice as hard on your character as on your competency. I love that comment. Uh, mm. Small church ministry multitasking. If you're in a small church like we are, small churches, there is always – Lots of hats to wear. Mm. Uh, the leader's personal devotional life and what that might look like. It's different for everybody. I'm not a big fan for descriptive, prescriptive. Everyone does it the same, but we can talk about that. The importance of rest and Sabbath and taking holidays and those sorts of things and enjoying life and, and refreshing. That's been something that's really wasn't talked about when we were young Christians. It was no. like, uh, you know, you know, Christians, pastors don't retire. They just retire, T-Y-R-E, and get back on the, in the road again. And, yes. And, uh, you know, I think that was – running the race and running it hard, wasn't it? Yeah, go hard, go it home. does say run the race, but yeah. that's not the uh, – but it also, it was also Jesus also took a pillow on the boat when he went uh, Yes, that's right. Boat. You like to say it, don't you? I yep, love so that. You love that. Jesus <laughs> took a pillow. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And so, yes, it's a race, but it's, 
it's really a, a, another one analogy I've used over the years is old Cliff Young who used to do the Sydney to Melbourne ultra marathon back in mm. those days. And you know, what was he probably in his sixties then? And he just shuffled, but he just, he would always win before yeah. the Greek street came along uh-huh. and uh, he used to just shuffle his way and never stop. And I think that there's, I often say consistency mm. is the most underrated value in the yeah. kingdom of God. Just yeah. turning up faithfully, giving yourself downtime. You don't have to run. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a long race. With that though is it requires faith and it requires, I think, you know, strength and, and, and belief and backing ourselves because we often want to fill the gaps uh, of where we see that something's not being done or where we see lack and we think, oh, I'll just do that myself. And that's where we ended up being exhausted and just doing all these yeah. extra things and running and running and not stopping because there's always going to be gaps. Yeah, there's sure. always going to be sp- things to, you know, and that's we, we live in that sp- You have to yep. live, you're going to live in that space, I think. Yep. Uh, being able to go, you know, I'm not the, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, but, you know, I'm not the, we don't, I'm just going to say it, you know, oh, we don't totally suck because we haven't got, um, you know, the best. The best of everything. Of, of this or that. Yeah. And go walk away from everything we do. Every conference you go to, discourage. I mean, uh, we've spent plenty of time at conferences, people discouraged after conferences, but you just got to realize that. Because they all, all, or or just walking away thinking no one responded to that message today. Everyone looked bored. Someone fell asleep. Someone complained afterwards. And, you know, and and you can just walk away. No one ever complains in front of your sermons, but that's (laughs) only mine they complain. (laughs) Everyone comes up to you and goes, that was amazing. Do they? Yes, they do. And yeah, but I think we have to be able to back ourselves and go, uh, you know, yeah, I maybe, you know, because there's this this pressure. There's just like it's like the tyranny of the urge, and it's like there's always going to be this pressure to have to do more, and that's where we can easily get pulled into. Oh, I have to just keep rushing. I have to do it all. We have to just be prepared to go. You know, it's like like the Sabbath. Of course, we'd get more done if we had seven days. If there was seven days to work and not six. But God said, God said rest. We'd have more money if we didn't tie ten percent. Yep. But we we actually go no. I'm going to trust God in that. Yep. God says take a holiday. Yeah. Have feasts. Enjoy life. Do those things. Trust me that I'll look after your land while you go and, and I had, have yeah, a family I, feast. This happened to me the other day on a on a Sunday. I was at did the service in the morning, Picton, and then I was uh, really wanting to go to Camden in the afternoon. I wasn't on anything, but I was really wanting to be there. And but I wasn't feeling 100% still getting over this injury and got a bit of a cold. But I was like, oh, I don't want to miss out. And there was this thing in me of, oh, I really – part of me was the push because I felt like, oh, they need me mm-hmm. and I want to be there and I don't want to miss out. And what if because of me not being there it doesn't go as well as it could be? Right. Because it could. Yeah. And then I had to go, okay, Jill, where are you at, where are you at today? Yeah. I'm like, actually, I don't feel that great. I think I need to go home. And I had to live with the fact that, uh, you know, uh, I have to trust God. Yes, and I'm not that. I'm not that important. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is. It's a case that we're not really. Everything doesn't rise and fall on us in in church like ministry, does you it? You can't pike out of everything every week and no, say no. It's the opposite. Because it of does matter that you are there, but you know, it's not that it doesn't matter. Yeah, that you, you're not there. Well, you, there was no but, responsibility that but day. But I, yeah, I had to just go. You know, I was talking to talking to Beck about this today. Actually, I was I talked to Beck over lunch, and I was just telling her that story and saying, you know, actually, what I did with my, you know, I had. I had a lunch catch up after church Sunday, and it was just that thing of in the moment, kind of going. Because this is what we do, isn't it? We always have to we we have to make decisions in the moment. We yep. have to we have to pivot. We have to go. All right, what am I going to do? What, what's what am I going? Because we could easily go. Oh, I'm going to make make a decision in the moment, which is going to mean I'm exhausted at the end of the yes. day or the end of the week. When you can you look back and think, why did I make that decision? Why did I rush that? 
what did I um, push? What did I get? Let myself get into the push zones. It's very disciplined. Mm. I've I've found it's, it takes discipline to takes um, discipline to, to make wise to make decisions sure you, you and not and jump rest into when you need to. the yeah. rescue of thinking I need to be at everything. Yeah, you're I need not the messiah. Yeah, I have that's to run Jesus meetings job. every night of the week and I have yep. to be at everything and I have to lead everything. Heck and no. Because let someone else do it. Yep. Well, that's what's led to a lot of burnout in churches is that mentality. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. There's always more need and we could always go further, but we've got to get comfortable with the fact that we you know, we have to balance that against, we have to trust that God takes care of that. Yeah. Are yep. we going to read all these? Oh, we're going to there. <laughs> <laughs> I moved a couple of them around actually. So let's I have uh, a sip of my have tea. A, have a sip of your tea while we talk. Um, we talked about, we're going to talk about, um, yeah, personal, we've mentioned that one, um, helping leaders and team have a contributor mindset and not a consumer mindset. How do we develop people who have that kind of attitude? We're here for the kingdom. It's been a little bit probably partly what we'll touch on on, uh, in our message on Sunday at church. Um, the importance of being open to coaching and discipleship, the importance of having other people speak into your world, managing family life and balancing that financial pressure, all that kind of stuff will come up. We check with our kids whether we'll, how much we're allowed to talk about them. Yes, that's right. We might just have to <laughs> not name kids' names, just to say our third our thirdborn who Jill had lunch with today. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, identify under developing other leaders, which regardless of whether we're pastors or leaders, we all want to be developing other people into ministry. So we've got mm. things like how do you identify and develop future leaders? How do you see them? What do you see in people when there isn't anyone or you can't see anyone? Uh, tips for how to work with prophetic people, the mm. risks and benefits because there are beautiful benefits in having prophetic people speaking into your world that you you trust to pray. There's also risks too. So, um, you know, that's that's something that, that is important. Leading your peer. Well, would, would, it be, would it be also something, you know, to consider the, the other fivefold ministries as well? You need to be able to work with evangelists yes. and work with yeah, teachers true. and work with apostles, work, work with people who are called to something different. To something to are, us, yeah. pastors are not. Yeah. Beal and Endor. Yeah, not, pastors like are not the fivefold ministry. We are one. We are one, a part of the ministry of the Lord. Yep. Mm. Uh, leading your peers who, or those who once led you. I can't tell you how many times we've had to help people and support people through that journey over the years. You know, people who led you, or you, they were your peer, and now you're leading them. How does that work? How do you switch hats? All that kind of stuff. Very important to be able to do that. Um, being aware of potential power imbalances. This is a big one, especially mm. when it comes to prophesying into people's world, speaking over them, just being aware of Yeah, also power when we have French, in, in friendships. Friendships, yep. People, yep. there's a, a lot of discussion about whether we should have, whether it's okay to have friendships with people yep. in our church yep. or not. How do we do that? that? Yeah, that's right. So there is, it's really a negotiation. I'm going to tell you the answer now. You have to listen no, to No, you that have one. to listen to that podcast yet. We've got to have, actually, we've got to have a good theology of power. Mm. That's what probably a lot of lot of churches haven't had and that's we probably what's not, We don't know the actual answer. We don't know anyway. the actual answer, but we're working on the theology of power as we go. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, we don't know the answer about whether you should have friends or not. Oh, that answer? Yeah. No, we, we have lots of good friends. <laughs> we're still people. working it out. We have good friends in our church, yeah. <laughs> It'll never uh, be perfect. No. Uh, helping, uh, we've got, where are we going? Further down, it just moved. Okay, so then uh, we'll, we've got a couple more here in that area. Um Using digital communication with your teams effectively. How do you communicate, train, lead, do that effectively? How to have a crucial you conversation. Might to do that one. You might have to do that one, yeah, because I do Jill's digital communication for her. <laughs> How to have a crucial conversation. This is one you're very good at. How do you have that conversation that you know is going to be a challenging one? And we can talk about that. I'm uh, good at it. You, I think you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Sometimes your emotion level gets a little bit reared <laughs> up and then maybe a little bit of rationality heads out the window, but more often than not, you're pretty good at discerning people. It's more when it's personal, I think, for you. Um, what to do when we've done everything we know to do? How do we just keep going? And then under church governance and administration, transitioning into leadership of new churches, something we've done a couple of times, 
databases, record keeping, handling the admin load, admin tech skills in a small church. That's a big one. We don't have mm-hmm. the big resource base behind us where you can employ staff to do everything. How do you work with volunteers who aren't tech savvy? Uh, the role of church boards, uh, doing child protection well in a small church. That is a big topic in its own, um, something our movement's very passionate about and um, I have a role in the movement as well, consulting in that and working alongside some other wonderful uh, people to try mm-hmm. to help our movement to do that. Because we have a lot of small churches in our movement and, and it's, a, it's a big deal these days, isn't it? Yeah, and it's absolutely essential to prioritise the safety of vulnerable people. Yep. They sure. can't look after themselves. They can't keep themselves safe. They need someone to, else to, to keep do them for safe. Them. For sure. That'll we be a big need, podcast we when we that. do that one. I'll let, just let Jill loose because she loves that topic. Uh, important, a great topic to be, uh, to be uh, dealing with. Church culture and vision. Under that category, we've got dealing with cancel culture and polarisation in the church. How do we deal with that? COVID showed us that there was stuff there. The Mm. big thing everyone seems to be talking about at the moment, deconstruction. Mm -hmm. Should we be afraid of people deconstructing their faith? I put a little heads up. I'm not afraid of it. I think there are some things that need to be deconstructed. I think the problem is we need to embrace that, help people, and then allow for some reconstruction. That's just Mm. a little heads up on that one. How to create a safe environment for seekers and sceptics in church culture how to create a safe environment for people to share their hearts. How do we create that vulnerability? One of our key values at our church, isn't it? Mm. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's something you've fostered very well. Huh? Uh, what we learned about small church life from the pandemic. It was mm. hard. <laughs> mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Helping people to think well. How, how do you have a, a, an excellent spirit without it becoming a spirit of excellence in a mm. small church? Uh, the pros and cons of multi-site church, how we've learned things that work well and things that perhaps are a challenge. Uh, engaging a small church in mission work, sitting in the gap between your vision and your current reality. And then we've got half a dozen left in another category. Is there anything you want to add to any of those ones? Not right now. Not right now. Last thing we've got in our category is church services, small group meetings, that kind of stuff. How do we plan church services? How we do it. Not saying how you have to do it, but we can give mm. you some tips and some pointers, things we've learned. Uh, preaching prep tips and techniques, tips for emceeing services. It's amazing how actually important that is. I think a lot of churches don't put time into that and uh, it's the transitions that people notice when they don't work well. But if you can do it well, you keep the main thing the main thing so we can give some things we've learned and we've been taught too over the years. Uh, certainly we've been taught some good things about that. Uh, what we've learned from reintroducing regular communion, which is something that we have done. The reasons for that, something I'm passionate about these days. Tips for asking people to volunteer. That will be your one. <laughs> Jill is superb at getting people to volunteer. You are. You're a gatherer. She's shaking her head, just being so, <laughs> just being shy. Uh, small group facilitation. There you go. So there's there's like 55 different topics. So we've got plenty to keep us going. But uh, we would love to hear from you as well. If there's anything that you would like us to address, uh, let us know and we'll add it to the list and, and have a think about it. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to review, you know, some of those things you're reading them out. I was thinking we constantly review those things, don't we? Yeah, it's no. not like a one-size-fits-all for no. everything. No, we don't just go, oh, you know, this is how we'll do that and then we'll, yeah, we, we review. And yeah. uh, so what might have worked which makes more work when you review and then things and maybe from time to time every, you know, maybe every every few years you might want to do a full strategic plan and do yeah. a complete We're overhaul about you for one of those. Everything where, you know, we yeah. do the whole thing of 
you know, everything off, everything's on the table or everything's yep. off the table. Yep. Start from scratch. What are we really here for? What, what, what are we about? Yep. Again, it's sort of a little bit like the, the big rock scene type thing. Yeah. Sometimes we need to do that to stop us from just or to help us uh, stay focused and not just not just keep doing what we've always the done. Of doing what we've mm. always done. So I think mm. review and having someone to do that with is really good. Yeah. Some someone outside who yep. can help us to you know someone outside our ourselves, a uh, person who we can you know it's just a good sounding board who yep. can help us in, in that. But well, we've had John McKelty coaching us in our pastoral role for the better part of. 10 years, yeah, 10 years now mm. in different capacities and supporting us. So much of what we will, you'll hear on this podcast the stuff that John has taught us, especially in those areas of church life. And Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And then we've been pastored by pastors, like people like Stephen Deb White over many years as well who mm. got incredible pastoral wisdom and insight from a more recent decade or so that have been support to us. So Don't start mentioning to me names. Or I'll start neglecting to mention other people's names. We won't say bad things about anyone either. No, we won't. No, we're not allowed to. <laughs> We don't. We don't say bad. We things don't think about bad things we about anyone. We don't think anyway. bad things about anybody. Jill might joke around every now and then, but uh, <laughs> she's a bit cheeky. Everyone thinks that Jill's all prim and proper, but she's not. She's the cheeky one of the two of us. She's cheeky. Yeah. Yeah, you are. So, anything else you want to add before we wrap up this episode? I'll tell you if there. I'll always tell you. You'll if always tell me you, that I want to add. What do you mean? You always. You will. I know you will always tell me if there's something you, <laughs> you want to add. You don't need to ask. I don't need to ask. All right. Well, I thought I'd ask because otherwise I would have just said goodbye and then. Okay. Thank you for being so, so polite. No, that's all right, babe. No worries. And Love you. Deferring to me. Yep, that's right. Prefer one another. Yep. Well, thanks for being with us for this opening episode. We appreciate you listening. And if you want to share this with anyone in your teams or friends. That would help us. Not that we, you know, we're not trying to make any money out of this, but we want to just use this use this tool to be able to uh, encourage other people. So if that's something that you want to do and it'll help you or help others in your team, feel free to share it with them. And We uh, want to see people do well. We do. to flourish. Yeah, that's and, what we want to do. Um, be life-giving. See, you did. You just went jump right in there. You didn't need me to give you permission, did you? In. She just jumped in. Be life-giving. Be life-giving, flourish uh, in, uh, you know. Flourish in life and ministry. Trying to think of what the scripture is about, um, you know, how's it go? The one about your soul would prosper, prosper as your soul prospers. It's uh, it's one John three verse one. Mm. How's it go, um, beloved? I pray that your soul would pro- you would prosper even as your soul is prospering. Okay, three John one. Three John one, I think it is, not one John three one. Mm. Let me find it. This is where it's a really beautiful idea that our soul would prosper. Dear friend, 3 John 2, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit, the NLT says. Healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. I think the NIV says is that you would prosper. It says, dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health and that you may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. That's what we want for people, isn't it? That's right. Because there's lots of things coming against us in life and ministry and we want to encourage people to stick at it, stay the course, um, not give up, not get burned out. And, and there's probably areas where, you know, some people say, oh, look, you know, when they're asked, would you change things? Would you change your past? They say, oh, no, because, you know, I learn a lot and I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't been through all that. To be honest, I would say, yes, there are things I would change. There so are things I would do differently. It wasn't that I wouldn't have married Rowan. It's all right then. <laughs> there are things, no, not, not at all. But there are things. You wouldn't I have stayed would... with that boyfriend in high school. <laughs> <laughs> there are things I. He was much better looking than me. That we wish 
that we She's just ignoring had of known. We, we don't want to ever have failed people or have hurt people. And yes. I know, you know, we're not perfect, but I, I do wish that there would be oh, things totally. that we had have known. And um, because I do regret some of the things oh, that we've, we've. Oh, I would go further and say that much of the content that we will share mm. through this podcast will be things we've learned the hard way, yeah. won't it? Yeah. I mean, it's things where we've realised, yeah. oh, we had, that wasn't the result we were expecting. Mm. We didn't intend that to hurt that person. Mm. So, so much of it is where we've where we've made mistakes. We might have made better financial financial decisions. Better financial decisions. <laughs> yep, that would have come into it. <laughs> I was talking about other people, not about our own finances. It's start a list of all the things we wish we had of. Things we had have done differently. That might be another podcast. But you can't go back. No, but you can learn from them. And hopefully yes. you can help others mm. learn from them so that you guys mm-hmm. can learn from our mistakes and move forward as we have been blessed to learn mm. from the wisdom, the mistakes of others that have gone before us. So mm-hmm. yep. that's the intention yep. of Great. this podcast. So looking cool. forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Thanks for being with us. And uh, if this isn't what you're after, we won't be offended. But if it that's is... Fine. Share it. Let others know. And uh, do I clap when we're finished? You can. Oh, I can do a better. I can do better than that. I can clap. <laughs> Listen to this. No, I mean like, isn't that like a thing you're oh, doing? I muted it. In, uh, there we go. We can do it like this. No, that's, that's like not what a, you meant. No, that's like a studio audience. That's a, thing. the studio audience yeah. clap. What did you want? Just like a clap to say, turn the camera off. Oh, turn the camera off. <laughs> you don't need to. You, t- you do that. I do that at the start to sync up the audio oh, and the video. Oh, okay. I want to work on it. You want to work on that clipping thing, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. This is take one, by the way, guys. Yes, you <laughs> probably can tell it's take one. There's no take two or take three. We just and, roll uh, this roll this camera and this microphone and away we go. Yeah, our son Jeremiah has studied film and been done some work on film sets and stuff. And we're going full and, circle uh, right back to just chatting again. Uh, now. So cool that thing of, you know, the whole, I don't know, that vibe of, you know, the yeah, tell, we, all the cool stuff. Many of our staff meetings at Thrill are just spent talking to Jeannie Schwartz and her husband about her <laughs> husband and John and her work on the movie sets and things. We don't do that much stuff other than that, do we? No, we're pretty fascinated with all that. So shout out to the Schwartzes. Jenny's a regular on our other one. Oh, she's clap. clapping her hands. That's, the clap is going to be her telling me to shut up and end the podcast. That's what it's going to be. Clap, that's the end. That's the end. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Like Look at forward church to when talking. I put my glasses. Nope, she's, now she's going. When see? I put my glasses away, that lets people know. That lets me yes. know. And you know if you're preaching that I think we're finished. Yes. The trouble is when she starts <laughs> to do that, I don't notice it. <laughs> I'm too in the zone and she starts to no, wrap up, puts her glasses away, starts to get shifty no. and says, come on, Ryan, finish up now. <laughs> but All right. Okay. This is the final we, clap. I'm going to put my glasses away. Final clap, go. See you later, everybody. Yeah.